Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. Uh, answer this. You walk into a room full of everyone you've ever met. Who do you look for first? Enjoy. Okay, so we are still in the book of Exodus. Uh, we will be here for 40 more years, actually. Um, true to the text. Okay, so we are in chapter 13, and it starts like this, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through Philistine country, though it was shorter, for God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Okay, let's just pause there. Um, because so as I'm reading this and I'm thinking about this morning and the conversation that I wanted to have with you all, that passage is so hilarious to me because it is so human. Like when we talk about the Bible having wisdom, like this is the realest thing I've ever heard. Like you thought you were in a bad spot, but you didn't want the next spot to be harder, even though it was like leading you to where you wanted to go. So you were like, I'll go back to the worst thing, right? Here's an example. Um, has anyone ever been in a relationship that you're like, well, this isn't amazing, but being single would be sad so that you break up and then like, it's really sad. So then two days later, you're like texting at 1130, like, what are you doing? Okay, just to bring it to some context to today um, is basically that's, that's what that is, right? And as we enter Pride Month and I thought about this, I was like, okay, I understand this though because being in the closet is really, really hard. It was really, really hard, but I don't know if it was harder than coming out. I think coming out was actually harder. And then eventually I got to a place where I was like, I love myself, I'm very happy, right? But when you leave something hard and then something harder happens, there's a human tendency to want to say like, well, was that thing so bad, right? And God is saying, oh, if I take the Israelites out of Egypt, but then they face a war and they face something hard, they're going to want to go back to Egypt, right? Protecting us from this very human thing, which I just think is amazing that there is that kind of wisdom here. Okay, so then... So God led the people around by the desert <clears throat> toward the Red Sea. That's a story for another day. Um, the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Okay, so Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So I was reading this passage. Obviously, you start with, okay, God is sort of protecting them from this thing, and then you get to the end, and it's so beautiful, because you're like, wow, God's always there guiding you. This is such a beautiful passage. And then I was like, I'll probably skip the part about the bones in the middle, um, <clears throat> because that feels out of place. Um, and as I read more about it and leaned into the story more, um, that's actually my absolute favorite part of this passage and what I want to talk about this morning. So you have Joseph. Right? We're just going to do a little bit of backstory for those of you who didn't go to VBS or you did but you forgot. Um, Joseph was uh, someone who had a lot of brothers, right, but was his father's favorite. 
and his brothers really hated him for that. Um, did he get a Technicolor dream coat? I don't know, but he did receive a jacket. The verdict's still out on what the jacket looked like. And so he receives this jacket from his dad. All of his brothers are like, we hate you because you're our dad's favorite. So they capture their brother and they sell him into slavery into Egypt. And so Joseph goes into slavery into Egypt. And then while he's there, he actually works his way up pretty high, but then has an incident with someone else's wife and then finds himself in prison. But then even in prison, he still somehow finds a way to interpret Pharaoh's dream and lets Pharaoh know that a famine is coming. The famine does come. Now Pharaoh's like, wow, you're going to be my right hand. You're going to help me store all the like seeds and berries and nuts, the grain, I don't know, that we have and um, help all the people to make sure we can make it through this famine. So then he's doing that, and he's, like, shelling out the, like, seeds and stuff that they saved, and then up comes his family. They don't recognize him because it's been a long time, and he's like, am I going to give seeds to my brothers? They sold me to slavery, but he does. It's a beautiful story. Anyways, that's Joseph. Joseph is a long time before Moses, okay? So Joseph is someone who had this experience of being sold into slavery into Egypt, seeing what was happening in Egypt, seeing what was happening to the Israelites in Egypt, seeing all that was going on, and had the foresight to say, well, I don't know how, I don't know when, and I don't know who, but God will come to the aid. There will be an exodus. And when that happens, can someone please take my bones with me? Because that's something that I have faith is going to happen, and I want to be a part of it. That is so beautiful. It reminds me of the words that we all know from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? When he says, I've seen the mountaintop, but what? I may not get there with you, but I want to be a part of what God is going to do for these people. And that's what Joseph is saying. So as the Israelites are leaving Egypt, they are carrying with them someone who hundreds of years before them had the foresight to say, I don't know what, how, when, or who, but there's going to be an exodus. God is going to come to your aid, and can you please remember that I am a part of it. I want to be a part of it, and so they are carrying his bones on that road, and that is so beautiful. That is such a beautiful moment and story in time, and as I think about that reality, Obviously, it forces me to remember that as I walk into these things in my own life that feel insurmountable or maybe there's not a way forward through them, that I am actually carrying with me many people who had the foresight to imagine the world that I live in now and the life that I live now. Because here's the thing about this journey, and you all know, they didn't leave Egypt straight into the promised land. There was a lot in between, and we're going to be there all summer, so get ready. So they left something hard. They were going to something. They didn't know what. They didn't know, but they wanted a way forward, and meanwhile, they're carrying someone with them who said, I believe that this could happen, although I don't know what's going to happen next. Well, that's where we come in, right? So, okay, here, let's talk about this. It's Pride Month. <clears throat> Woo! So here are a few people who helped me understand myself and my way forward a little bit more. First up, we've got Audre Lorde. Woo! You can clap for our queer icons. The work that this woman did in believing that someone like me 
could be confident in who I am as a woman, as a black woman, as a queer black woman, is something that I carry with me every single day of my life. The words that I have read that she wrote are what carry me into my life that she could not have imagined me living, right? Okay, next. We've got Bayard Rustin, right? This is advisor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This man organized the March on Washington. This man's work, his intersection as a civil rights leader, both a black man and a queer man and figuring that out is something that I carry with me every day as I move into a world that he imagined I could live into. Okay, one more. This is Barbara Giddings. Barbara Giddings is an OG lesbian icon and uh, one of the main reasons that the uh, homosexuality was taken out of the American Psychological Association as a mental illness because of the work that she did, I get to live into a different reality. These are people that I carry with me into a world that they had the foresight to imagine I could be in. And that's beautiful. But... I'm now living in a world where I need some foresight and hope and faith to remember that someone else is going to live into a different reality than me. Because although I'm not living in half of the things that they lived in, I'm living in some stuff that I need to imagine a different reality for. I need to have faith that something can be different. I have hope and I have faith that I will live in a place without guns. I believe that. I don't know how. I don't know when, I don't know who, and I don't know if I'm going to be here to see it. But I have faith in that reality. I have faith in a way forward for my family. I have faith in a way forward for my own healing. I have faith in a way forward for my friends. It's not about only realizing that we live into a different reality. It's about realizing that we're creating another reality as well. That we have people who said, I have faith in a way forward for you. And as I carry them with me, I also need to believe that I have a faith, way, faith in a way forward for me and for who's next. Like Octavia Butler says, we are to be planting seeds for trees that we will never sit under, right? And how do we hold that work? When we came from somewhere and we know that someone, they had no business seeing a way forward, Right? They had no business imagining that I would be here very casually celebrating five years of marriage with my wife after we very casually walked into the like office to get our marriage license as we very casually do all of these things. They had no business imagining that that would be my reality, but it is, and it is because of them. And so as we get stuck sometimes in the present moment and we feel like there isn't a way forward, we are carrying with us the faith of people who said, I had no reason to believe in that, but I did. I had no reason to believe there was a way forward, but yet I kept walking. And we're living into that reality. I talked about this a little bit the last time I preached too. Sometimes when we only see our present moment, it's not looking good. When we only believe into the reality of what is right in front of us, of course we have no business believing that there's a way forward for a world without guns or a way forward for our healing or a way forward for our family or a way forward for our relationships. But when we remember what we're carrying with us, whose shoulders we're standing on, they had no business imagining a way forward. But they did. You might not see the fullness of the forward way that you imagined, but you have to move. And that's why the, the end with that context, that passage, the end of it, 
of God showing up as a cloud by day and fire by night is so freaking beautiful. Because that's what we talk about here all the time. We have to do our part. We have to have faith that there's a way forward. We have to move forward. And then we have to let God do God's part. We have to trust that if we believe in a way forward, we have faith for a way forward, we take steps for a way forward, we move through a way forward, that God will meet us every step of the way. Listen, one of my favorite things about being a pastor in New Abbey is that I get to have coffees and beers and lunches and dinners with so many people in this room. And what I know to be true is not only in our social issues, which are incredibly overwhelming, but I know a lot of us in our personal lives are in situations where we don't have faith that there's a way forward. We don't have faith that there's a way forward for our relationships. We don't have faith that there's a way forward for our family, for our parenting, for our desire to become parents, for our relationships with our own parents. There's a parental theme um, in needing a way forward. And that's where this wisdom comes in. We have no business imagining there's a way forward, but we have sign after sign and wonder after wonder and person after person that reminds us that there always is a way forward. We have to keep moving. If I could add to this list of people, I'd show you pictures of my grandparents and their grandparents and my aunts and my parents who all had a way forward. They imagined, they had faith, and they believed in a way forward. They kept moving. It wasn't perfect. I don't even know if they're going to see the fullness of who I became. None of my grandparents are still alive, so they haven't seen the fullness of what I became, but I'm so grateful that they moved forward. Last week, I talked about how perspective is a thing that we need to bring hope. It's true again. We get to remember all the people who we carry with us every step of the way, but that's not enough. We have to take that and we have to believe in a way forward for whatever it is that we're imagining we want to be different. Octavia Butler, she says, all social justice work is fiction writing. You, you imagine a world that doesn't exist. When Dr. King said, oh, I, I have a dream and I imagine that uh, little black girls and little white girls would be on a, that's fiction writing. You're just making it up. That's not a real world yet, but it became one, right? You can imagine a world. You're fiction writing about what you want your family to look like. It may, it may not be real, but you can take some steps towards it. How do you cultivate that faith in your life that you carry those people who were just fiction writers? Joseph said, what? Watch. One day God's going to come, get all these Israelites out of here. People are like, okay. Hundreds of years later, they're dragging his bones, but guess what? It happened. I just want us to remember, and I want to continually remember, and I'm not going to go on a whole social media tangent because we don't have the time, but geez, we live in a place that is overwhelming us with an idea that what is will always be, will never change, is shit. Okay. Um, it's hopeless, it's awful, it's the worst it's ever been, and it's only getting worse, right? I'm not saying it's amazing, but I think we need opportunities to get into a conversation with ourselves, with the people around us, with our community that say, no, we can be fiction writers. We are the product of fiction writers. Someone imagine a new reality. I can imagine a new reality. We're carrying these people with us, and we're carrying and we're creating something that people will carry with them. That's possible. 
It's possible you have to believe it because if you believe in it, then you will take steps towards it. And I believe that God will meet you in those steps towards it as clouds, as pillars, as whatever you need. You have to do your part. We have to do our part. And God will do God's part. Yeah, okay. I'm honestly sweating so much. Like someone on the ultimate and getting married. Um, that is... <laughs> This is, uh, that's the end. So um, with that, uh, I want you to grab those same people that you were in a conversation with earlier and talk about this question. Where in your life are you looking for a way forward? Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.